Hey, Bitch Talkers, we have a really special guest on this show. His name's Joel McHale. You might have heard of him. He's kind of everywhere right now. Um, but it was a totally random uh, guest appearance <laughs> on our show. Uh, I started following as Bitch Talk Joel McHale because I started watching Community during the pandemic. And then randomly, he followed us back and then started interacting with our Instagram account, just liking stuff. Um, so I thought, you know, after he'd been on, uh, Kelly and Ryan, uh, Ange alerted us that he was on the show. Uh, I asked him to be on our show cause it's totally the same, same platform, <laughs> same followers, same audience. And, uh, he said, yes. So after a few, what, uh, maybe a month or so of trying to schedule, we had him on cause he's doing a ton of stuff. And so this was like a kind of a cold turkey interview, I think, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, he didn't have to pitch anything. And Ange and I did a bunch of research. She basically watched all of Community. So if we talked about that, she had some things to say. But guess what? We never talked about. We community. did not. <laughs> yeah, we did not talk about it once. But um, but I feel like he talks about it all the time. All and the time. It's probably just. Other than maybe the soup, maybe old people like us will talk right. to him about the soup, <laughs> right. but it's the soup and community. Right. So I was like, well, you know, maybe we can talk about other things. But yeah, it's one of the few times that we've ever interviewed someone for the first time that wasn't promoting anything. Right. So we really did not know how it was going to go. Uh, we were just kind of jumping into the deep end. Uh, very much so. Yeah. Maybe and with a little bit of a brick or something tied to our ankles. <laughs> that's <how it> felt. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of the olden, the old, the old days, olden, our, the olden days, the olden days of our podcasting when, you know, like, you know, our first hundred episodes when we weren't do, when we didn't do press junkets and we just, you know, just shot the shit like we usually do. And we would invite people that we would like on, but they weren't as high profile as Joel McHale, but we would just have them on and just hang out with them. And this kind of reminded me of that as like, oh, we have Joel McHale on. For no reason other than, you know, we're fans. Because he said yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and it was fun. You know, he came in, you know. He came in a little hot. The way Joel does. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it oddly was like a, a first date or something. Like yes. not, not in a sexual way at all, but in the way of like, you're just kind of feeling each other out because you really don't know anything about each other. You know other than, nothing. Other than, you know, what we know about his career. And he, he doesn't know anything about us other than what he sees on social media. And as we know, that is not the reality. That's not the full reality of, no. you know, people are way more complex than that. So I feel like we were just kind of like, testing the waters. <laughs> I and love that. Like this fucking with ahead. each other, you know, yes. or just kind of, yeah. Like, all right, let's see what he says about this, you know, and just like uh, sitting back and seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah. With our eyes closed and our fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. I think that's what we should title this, this, uh, our this first episode. date. With Joel our McHale. First, yes. Our first date <laughs> with Joel McHale. <laughs> Because he does end it by saying we should do this again. And uh, he doesn't seem like the type of person that would just say that. I'm just saying. Right. There are a lot of things we didn't ask that I didn't ask, mainly about food. Um, and I think I'm much better as the dates go on, you know, second. I day, think you are, day. too. Yeah. Yeah. He also wasn't <laughs> drinking. He was off drinking for a couple of weeks, probably to like build up those ab muscles that we're big fans of. Um, so anyways, this is our first date with Joel McHale. As you'll hear, we had a blast 
And like most first dates, we probably blacked out in the middle. So not because we were drinking or anything, just because we were like, oh my God, it's Joel McHale. But um, we want to thank Joel for his time. It was rad to talk to him. And we do hope he'll come back on to Bitch Talk again. Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind the scenes videos and two minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30am at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear... Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. And unmuted. Thank oh. you. <laughs> oh. Thank Snap. you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, wow. Joel. Joel, do you have your son's uh, Zoom? You don't have your own Zoom? That's hilarious. Uh, my, I don't have a son. <laughs> gotcha okay carry on i don't know what you're talking about but anyway i'm single right. <laughs> totally a single guy. the the bridge behind you and the bridge on your shirt it's very bridge themed over oh, there wow. oh, yeah. thank you for noticing yeah, yeah i represent represent right so in, <laughs> and the producer looks like she's just sitting behind a glass or in front of a window smeared with Vaseline. It's it's a it's a mess of equipment. So I she's lubed up over out. there. Yeah, she's lubed up, lubed up, and ready to go for this interview. He's so <laughs> wonderfully inappropriate. It is called bitch talk. It's so. bitch talk. What do you girl, want? Girl, yeah, girl. yeah. Well, anyone a two yeah. in three. Thank you. I just started the timer, Joel McHale. Hey, uh, hey, y'all. It's Joel McHale coming to Bitch Talk. Uh, what's up? Uh, he's a fellow podcaster. If you haven't heard of his show, uh, it's it's out there. He made it with Ken Jeong uh, called The Darkest Timeline. And I think he's done a couple of other things. But I, I think we got in touch because you're podcasting and you just wanted some tips and tricks from us, right? Yeah, that's I was what like- we're here for. I need like a really cool slatted closet door. Do you have one <laughs> in front? All I have is this screen, which kind of looks like oil sitting in water. And uh, so instead, yeah, it looks like you're at a weird old timey saloon or sitting room. It's, it's a weird old timey apartment in San Francisco. Same, totally the same. Well, and there's in- booze, so it is yeah. kind of saloonish. Yeah. Wait, you guys are both in San Francisco? Uh, I am. She's yes. pretending like she is. Normally we are, but I'm uh, taking care of my mom right now. So I'm, Where down is sou- mom? I'm Southern California. Los Angeles? Yes. Studio Ish. City? Well, no. I will be over in 10 minutes if, if that's right. what you're getting to. No, you know, no, swimming. we have we have a wall. Uh, we have a little... Oh, you built a wall? <laughs> yeah, it was part of the uh, Trump era. It's weird <laughs> cool, how they cool. chose It was my the same. House. I'm offended and complimented. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So somehow Joel McHale's on our pitch, uh, on our pitch talk on our bitch talk podcast uh, because I don't when I don't know when it was, but you somehow started following us and I started following you because I started watch Community during the pandemic and um, I just 
figured what the hell I'll ask you to be on our show, and it happened. Here you are. Here it's, you are. It's so weird. Yeah. You paid my fee, and I was perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Did a GoFundMe, and uh, so officially, yeah. Joel is the only one getting paid right now on this podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Hundred thousand dollars. That's. I was very generous. But I think I'm going to start first because um, Joel, when we have someone on for the first time, we always want to get their origin story. So oh, wherever oh. you want to, oh hey, wherever you want to start, please tell our audience. Where the hell All you right. came from? Well, I was bit by a radioactive spider, and then um, <laughs> I was in high school. Cool. And then I was, like, sticking to walls, and then I could shoot webs, and eventually I started fighting crime. And um, then I passed my mantle on to a British kid who then started <laughs> talking like an American. That's about it. Uh, I was in uh, Metropolis or Gotham. I'm not sure which, you know, a lot of it people. It doesn't talk. matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then, and then, oh, yeah. my mom and dad had sex in Rome, <laughs> and, and I got squirted out, and so did my brothers. And then we moved to Seattle. Uh, then I moved to LA, and that's it. Wow, that's my origin story, guys. All right, every Fine. good story starts with sex in Rome. That's all I know. It does. It really does. <laughs> that's why I love Star Wars so much. But I did, I did uh, read that your so your father is American, but your mother was Canadian. And, and obviously you've gained great success and you have this, you know, beautiful family, but do you sometimes think like, damn, maybe we should, we should have, they should have raised me in Canada. Just, uh, given, just given the state of our politics these days. <laughs> oh, well, uh, boy, I know. Yes. Uh, I, I was raised in Seattle, which is 90 miles away from Vancouver. And that's where my mom was raised. So it kind of felt the same. And that was before it was hard to get over the border and before the border was crowded as hell. Uh, so you could just drive up for dinner. I mean, not 90 miles, you would spend the night usually. So uh, I don't know, half of me kind of felt like I was, I don't, uh, I love, I, whenever I get to shoot in Vancouver, I get very happy. So, uh, but I've never shot in like Winnipeg in the winter. I'm sure that's pretty <laughs> not fun. Uh, yeah, but the, you know, like they, they count Vancouver as a beach town. Um, you know, compared to <laughs> Yukon winner. Uh, I don't know. Uh, boy, I liked, I liked the fact that my mom was Canadian, continues to be Canadian. Um, uh, it makes me feel slightly more, you know, cosmopolitan and, you know, those Canadians, they love mayonnaise on their French fries <laughs> and they love gravy on their French fries and toffee. And uh, they talk funny, uh, which is funny because they're right there. I guess everyone talks funny. You guys talk funny. Uh, but, you know, we can't like yeah, even in, <laughs> I was just in Kansas and I was like, everyone talks different here. So uh, I don't know. Yes, that was a very long answer to yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know that you're a, uh, you have a master's in acting. I masters. A ma He's you're a master. A, you're a master. <laughs> a in acting. master. A master. But I I assumed you came from stand up, but you do oh. do stand up now. So can you talk oh. about can you talk about having that master's in acting? I, I would have gotten a master's in stand up if they had it, but uh, <laughs> I think. Well, that's a uh, it's a uh, mass it's a fine arts degree or it's a fine arts uh, master's degree which covers a lot of things, but uh, it, it, usually at state schools when there's an acting program, it's a master of fine arts program because they have to put a some sort of label on it. And um, so it's really just acting for three years. 
of my life. But they, so it's not like I could walk into an audition and go master's degree uh, <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, the ironic part of uh, the whole thing is that I'm the only person in my family with a master's degree. My mom, but no, my dad has a business, a master's in business. My mom, no. Uh, so, uh, and I was the biggest screw off in school. So it's very ironic. So I like to wave that around the house. And uh, I, I, had a, I had it blown up like one of those publishers clearing house checks. <laughs> I don't know if I ever got the actual piece of paper. That's a good question. Oh, uh-oh. You could just lie at this point. I don't know who. I think you're right. That's true. I right. think you're kind of noticeable at this point. So maybe you don't need to show your cred. Yeah. I think you, you well, people thank know, you. hopefully. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised at the number of people <laughs> that are demanding to see my master's degree. <laughs> really weird uh no it was a great look that was a really good time and it did what i wanted to do which was just solid acting for three years and uh, i learned a lot and it was a really great program and all that stuff it was way back when before you well you guys were oh. how old were you guys in 97 when i started i was two years out of high school there we go. 16. yeah so yeah i was 26. uh so yeah no i i i came late to the party but uh it was really fun well, that's, that's that's what's so crazy about your career. So you went to school for acting and, and yeah. you've done all these things now. Like it's led you to become a host, uh, to become a game show host, which is kind of one of my dream jobs. I think I've said yeah. that before on yes, this talk. Yes. Uh, I love card sharks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so well, I have God. to give a shout out because, yeah, my, my and, sisters and I well, love game bless. shows. Keep watching. What about Crime Scene Kitchen? I watched Crime Scene Kitchen too. Right. I watched that too. No, I love I love game shows, and um, so I wanted to know. For well, my first question is about card sharks. Like, is <laughs> is the is game show hosting as fun as it seems? Because my the reason why it's my dream job is because everybody's happy to be there. Everybody's so excited. The energy's high, and it just seems like you know you're handing people money. It just seems like just the dream job. Yeah, no, it's it's like uh it's like a you know like a puppy pen at a pet shop all the time. And uh it's really fun because you do yeah, you're absolutely right that someone's gonna win a bunch of money and uh it might as well be the person that's there or one of those two people that's there. And uh but you're right in that it's super fun. I I really have a good time doing it. It's it's um we're just turning over enormous playing cards. So uh there's yeah, there's it's it's, awesome. It's not necessarily the biggest skill game, but it's definitely the biggest nerve game, I would say, because you could win not a seven hundred or $690,000 if you did it right. And uh, so it's, that's a lot uh, of money. And then, of course, on Crime Scene Kitchen, uh, if your galette is screwed up, then you're definitely not going home with a few hundred grand or a hundred grand. So, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, there, there's pressure, no doubt, but it's a really fun pressure. Kind of like, you know, when your sibling sits on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, but with Crime Scene Kitchen, it was different because it's the same teams throughout the whole season. Yeah. So you get like, you build a re relationship with them, right? And then at the end. Yeah, I dated a lot of them. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All of them. It is not, it was definitely crossing a line. Yeah, you impregnated half the half the cast. Oh, I, I, I read yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> do, do, yeah, it is different than card sharks in that you know, like card sharks we need to shoot three a day when we're shooting it, and you meet a bunch of people. And it's really fun, but yeah, you get to know the people on crime on crime scene kitchen, which is really a whole other dynamic, which is really fun. 
And uh, so at the end, it gets it's the it's very tense because you've been with these people for uh, a month uh, practically because we t- it takes like two days to shoot one episode because of all the baking. Uh, oh. and, uh, and, you know, the bakes are like three or four hours long and they're doing two a day. So it's it's no joke as far as demand. But when you but when you reach the end, because you've you've got to know them, you have you've heard their sob stories sort yeah. of. It, it's like when certain people lose, do you kind of want to cut them a check and be like, here, here's to help for, you know, this or that, you know, because <laughs> you just feel bad. You want them all to win. Absolutely not. They're losers. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, okay. you do, because the effort is there. And what you kind of hope is that, well, maybe this will get them a bunch of press and they can open up, uh, you know, another pie shop or something like that. And so you just hope that they they dovetail off that. It is weird. Like you wish you didn't have to pick a winner. And uh, but, you know, it's the same thing like with the Olympics. We're like, gosh, you guys all tried real hard. Everyone gets gold. Right. So uh, you nope. can't really do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you really do. Your heart goes out. And then I go back to my trailer and fall asleep. Smart. You don't you don't eat all the desserts. I eat all the fucking desserts. <laughs> yes. And every, I would like some people like you don't eat them. I don't see you eating them. I was like, because they cut it out because there's so much footage and it's an hour long show. Uh, so towards the end, you're eating more and more uh, or there's a middle part where you're eating the most. But you like at one point, I ate nine pieces of cake. And oh god, uh, my friend took a photo of me asleep in <laughs> the trailer because I I swear to you, it's more. It feels like the other side of nine drinks and uh, you just have to wait for the sugar to leave. And I like so most of the lunches, I would just crawl in, you know, my trailer and sleep. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, that's right. I've had seven cups of sugar. Uh, But I ate I ate because you can't just taste it and go, this is fine. Uh, You have to. You really have to try all of it because some of the cakes have three cakes in them. So, yeah, it's, again, very hard. And what a problem it is. Yeah, you lead a tough life. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I do it. Yeah, how do you get through life? I am <laughs> extraordinary. There are, you know, I know there's a lot of problems around the world right now, but this guy, lots of cake. Yeah, lots of sugar. Uh, you host a lot of things, Joel McHale. And one I'm of the things- bitch talk right now. Okay, but you hosted the 2014 uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner. I did. Can you, can you mm. tell us all about that? Because I think I would freak the fuck out. And we need Obama stories. Back, yeah. Backstage oh, Obama man. stories. man. Talk about cake eating. Uh, <laughs> yes. It, I, st- uh, there, I don't know. The only thing that's going to be more surreal uh, in my life probably is if I, I don't know, my death and or... <laughs> I don't know if I took I don't know, some I, it was the most surreal week of my life, uh, culminating in the most surreal day of my life, which is being up on that stage. But I have literally not been nervous since that day. I was so nervous that I burned out that uh, that fuse in my brain. So now when I walk on stage, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I'm not nervous. <laughs> Because I, I think I stretched out the nerve so hard and broke it. Uh, it's so odd. It's an, the oddest, most wonderful experience because they, you, I worked so hard on these 17 minutes of jokes that I could have just basically done it verbatim. 
But before you get to do these jokes, you sit on this dais in front of 3,000 famous people, or for the most part, or the, the, at least the first few rows are a few hundred famous people. Uh, and then you sit next to Michelle Obama, have dinner, and you have a long two-hour dinner. And uh. as a comedian and or performer, usually you have a moment backstage where you can kind of go like, all right, baby, let's do this. And um, you don't get that. Then, so on top, so you look out on the crowd and it's it's like a wax museum of famous people. They're like, there's the Dos Equis guy, there's Robert Hero, <laughs> there's Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, go Seahawks. Uh, there's, it's just this really random group of very famous people who are in the first few rows. And um, then you're talking to Michelle Obama, who could not be lovelier. And I was like, let's run away. Let's do it <laughs> right now. And then like you, you see like Obama comes out and there's Obama, like they come, like it's them and you only seen them on TV. And then there, there they are. Then, I mean, so that's all happening. Obama's like, how's it going, Joel? And I'm like, I'm good. You know my name, what's happening? And then I have a little notebook full of my jokes, which I'm guarding like the uh, nuclear football, because if that gets out of my hands, no show. And then you all these speeches start, which and uh, this is great offense to the people giving the speeches. No one's really listening to uh, no offense to those people, but everyone's all sauced up and they're drinking out in the audience because they're waiting for Obama to give, get up there and slay, which he always does because he. He was the best to joke. I don't care what party you're part of. He was the best joke teller. He also tried really hard. He cared. And uh, so then the president of the United States opens for you, which is something that I will be able to take to my grave. And um, and then I stood up and they, you know, they he introduces me and he's making fun of me and saying my name, saying my character name and talking about the soup and talking about community. Bizarre. Uh, and then he says your name and I stood up and I literally almost fell over from dizziness and nerves. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? And I, like two days before I was on Howard Stern going, oh, I'm very nervous. And um, then you like, you know, then I like, dear Jesus, don't let me have a heart attack right now, please. And try not to let my bowels loosen right here. Correct. I, yes. didn't, I didn't have a single. She can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a, yeah. There diarrhea you go. everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. I can, yeah. Which would be a whole other show that yeah. some people. Uh, like that. Then, then you hope it goes well and you hope you slay and you do all those things and you hope and you hope and you hope. And, um, and then I drank a glass. Then it was over. And then it was like, all right, go to the Italian consulate and party with Robert De Niro. And boom. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And uh, again, tough life. Again. Yeah, very weird. And <laughs> so I I look back on it as like as a thing that I was like, I guess I did that. And uh, it's because you had a master's. Come on. Yeah, no, yeah. I wouldn't. They wouldn't have. <laughs> at one point, they were like, call. Yeah. And, and I was like, yes. And they were like, <laughs> do you have any postdoc work? I don't have a doctorate. That was a test. And uh, <laughs> But I, I look, I always say it to in interviews. Uh, I think it's pretty clear what my political stance is. But, uh, you know, like Trump canceled that dinner yeah. because that guy can't take a joke. And I yeah, if there's any conservatives listening to this and I was like, we can argue issues all day long, but that guy couldn't take one. And 
Uh, he and that just to me, what was so amazing about that dinner is that the most powerful person on the planet sits there and takes 20 minutes of jokes from some uh, douchebag comedian. And that shows true power. And I remember I was in France a few months later promoting community of all things with Gillian and uh, Jacobs and um, this Romanian, I think it was Romanian. I was like, what if I did that at a dinner at, in your country? <laughs> like uh, hard labor, 20 years. And I was like, that's the difference. <laughs> Mm-hmm. between those countries and our country. And uh, and look, I, I, again, I very clear politically, I think, but you cannot argue that the guy canceled that dinner. And uh, we are so we saw that when the Seth Meyers hosted, that's where he went after Trump, who was in the yep, audience. Yep, yep. Not like that at all. Mm-hmm. But to be able to take a joke and to be able to laugh at yourself and to not take yourself so seriously, I think uh, is the one of the most uh, valuable human traits on this planet. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. <laughs> Mike, does that come up when you get into fights with your family? Like uh, I opened for uh, the president. Well, actually it was the other way around. The master's, but... the master's degree stopped. <laughs> the master's. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I always, I always like uh this uh even though i burned this steak uh i hosted the white house correspondence <laughs> dinner uh, yeah what are we eating I, I, it doesn't matter so uh yeah that was a very long story about and i can't believe it was six years ago that's what's crazy i know so much has changed it feels like 20. <laughs> so much yeah. has changed so yeah. much has changed here yeah. we are here we are but that's something that's really i don't know it has to be flattering i hope for you that people want you people want to see you as yourself standing there and being funny whether it's as a host whether as it you know whatever whatever it is um but but you also are a valid actor so how do you balance you know these these hosting gigs versus acting gigs and and i'm curious to know what would be your dream gig as an actor in certain genre or anyone that you would love to work with uh it's like 12 questions <laughs> and answer in 30 seconds please <laughs> and we're out of time <laughs> next week on Bitstock, Joel McHale gives a very long answer again uh I don't I never thought like how do I balance these out I just say yes to everything um no I enjoy it all so there wasn't a moment where I was like am I gonna I need to make a decision. I, so I, I mean, there's all, there's things I turned down, uh, but for the most part of it's cool. Uh, and you know, I'm going to make some money doing it because I have to provide for my family. Uh, they each get, uh, uh two Porsches and, um, <laughs> that, Teslas. So, Teslas. yeah, tons of Teslas everywhere around here. I got the, yep. I got that, uh, the Tesla jet ski, the Tesla skateboard, <laughs> The, well, what about Blue Origin? Do you have that too? Yeah, I got a Is penis that, rocket. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's a mini. It's very short. Pocket rocket. Anyways. It's very wide. Uh, <laughs> no. So it's not like a thing where I go. I was like, uh, like I look at someone like Alec Baldwin or Jamie Foxx or people like that. They kind of do. They kind of do what they want to do. And I'm like, yeah, why not? And all those. I mean, thank God for Jamie Foxx and for. Dwayne Johnson and Ellen and uh, like uh, Elizabeth Banks and all these actors now that can host stuff because 
a year, not, it wasn't even that long ago where if you hosted a game show, it was like, yep. you cannot do this. And then, you know, someone like Alec Baldwin says, I'm going to do the match game. And <laughs> people are like, yes, of course you can. And mm -hmm. uh, so I don't go, how am I going to do this? But I love acting. That was my first love. I love, so I'm, you know, I love doing, I just, uh, so, so yeah, so it's, it's a different, it's a different muscle, but boy, I, I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it since I was a second grader in Haddonfield, New Jersey. We lived there for two years and we did a stage version of it's a small world. Yes. That's what schools were doing. They were taking Disney rides, turning them into plays, and then you would perform them. Uh, that sounds like critical race theory, Joel. <laughs> sounds oh. like <laughs> we did a play, ironically called Critical Race Theory, which was a ride at Disneyland. Yes. In, uh, it's a race. It's like a fun right. ride. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I don't, I, and, and people I want to work with, you know, I have favorite actors that. Uh, I've gotten to meet uh, some of my favorite actors of all time. And like one of my favorite actors of all time is Samuel L. Jackson. And I was in a hat store and he was like, community getting a fourth season. I was like, what? And, uh, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I think as far as sort of like a guy that can do anything, he's definitely one of those. And I met Michael Keaton and he's he was my, I got to do a movie with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like I got to like talk to Meryl Streep and Margot Robbie one time. I mean, so, so like, or so it's one of those things where uh, it's surreal. I mean, I would love to work with those people as well, but um, there, I'm trying to think of something like when I got to do, I did a movie with us. I had a small part, but I was like with Steve Martin and, and then oh. a different movie with, with uh, Robin Williams. And, and so those were like Titans. I would, you know, I wish someone like Richard Pryor was still alive and then I mm -hmm. would would, I, you know, I'd complete the triumphant. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so there you go. Yeah, if they're available, great. I mean, uh, if Meryl Streep wants to do something, I'm, you could do something about my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> you can teach her a thing. Story. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sounds good. Uh, you just mentioned a couple of comedians, but I was, I was gonna ask you who are your comedy favorites right now? Oh boy, there are so many talented comedians out there. Uh, boy, that's, I'm not gonna answer that, thank you. Okay, uh, fine. I mean, it's where uh, I think it's uh, another golden age right now of yeah. insanely talented, uh, very creative uh, people. And uh, I, I, yeah, and it's, it's just, we are so lucky with all the different platforms and all the different ways to get it. Cause it was one, you know, like in the seventies, it was like, you go to a comedy club mm -hmm. or you bought an album and uh, you didn't really see it on TV, but uh, now we have all these great things. And obviously, of course, you know, Dave Chappelle is a person that always pops to mind is kind of, he'll go, there'll be statues erected to him in different sure. parts of the world. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, I wanted to switch gears really quickly. I know we're kind of running out of time, but I wanted to. And um... we're out of time. <laughs> Goodbye, Joel McCann. <laughs> quickly and talk about bridge maintenance. We'll, we'll slip you another 20 if you can just answer this one last question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but d during the quarantine, I just wanted to give it, you know, to thank you for um, you started giving 
doing videos and highlighting different restaurants and local local owned businesses oh, yeah. in the quarantine. And um, I just wanted to talk about like what what kind of motiv- motivated you to do that. And if you wanted to give some local businesses a shout out, because, um, you know, in San Francisco, we've definitely been focusing on that, too, is just like, let's keep our favorite places open because it's a scary time. Yeah. And lots of them are not going to stay open and, you know, just never came back. And it really sucks. Um, and that's where the government should have stepped in yep. and bailed mm-hmm. out all these businesses uh, because they rely on people sitting in rooms eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, from movie theaters to uh, restaurants to you know, sport venue and all those places. Um, but uh, yeah, my thing was just like, eh, you know, like I'm an actor. So I, you know, I could go on uh, virtual game shows and things like that. But for restaurants, you need people to sit down and be there. And that wasn't happening. And and uh, I, I love food. I am uh, I love it and I, I can't get enough of it. I mean, I have food almost every day. And <laughs> uh, so I just kind of thought, ah, I like all these restaurants and they're, they're all trying stuff. They're all being very creative on how to try to get business. And, you know, over a year ago was uh, an unknown shit show. We didn't know what was going to happen. So that's why, yeah, and one of them, the Bellwether right here in town, which I love, that went out of business and is not coming back. And it sucks. So I just thought, eh, I'll do an Instagram post with these folks. It's the least I can do is drive over there and get some takeout and say, hey, come to this restaurant. So uh, that's that's what I did. I didn't do, I, I wish I could have done it every day, but um, I didn't because uh, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yes. We're getting that from this from this interview. Totally. <laughs> Just get vaccinated, everybody. Just get it out there. Go get it. Go get it. And we can stop this dumb variant. Yeah. Um, so I, I put a picture up of you on our Instagram saying we're going to talk to you later. And if anyone had any burning questions, they could post them. And I do have All right. one All right. for you. Um, the name is Aaron Rogi 94552. Oh, yeah. You know 552? Totally. Yeah. What's up, Rogue boy? Uh, she, asked, she asked, oh, what is geez. something? Yeah, it's fine. What is something we should know from your episode on Lisa Vanderpump's Overserved? I love this guy. Can't wait to listen to this one. Annie turns 50 this year like me. There we go, Rogi. Thank you. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, here's the secret about the Vanderpumps. They're super nice. And uh, that's the Kardashian secret as well. Uh, except for Caitlyn, who always was not nice. Uh, mm. Working at E, you, you found out who was cool and who wasn't. Uh, but um, that said, they're super cool. And yeah, they're... They live an over-the-top, wonderfully ridiculous life, and they <laughs> know it, and they're hilarious, and they can take a joke. They serve really good food. I mean, so I guess the, the, the thing that you learn is that they're great. They're not, I think, I, think, I think people think if you're rich and you're on television, you must be awful, which is an understandable theory or uh, sentiment, but uh, but they're really cool. It was one of those people who was like, I can hang out with these people all night. Let's let's do it. Hmm. Uh, and they're, yeah, so they're very cool. cool. That's the secret. Yeah, I turned 50 on November 20th, so. Hey, um, what are you planning? Anything big? Uh, I think I'm- Or someone st- planning for you. Wish the Vanderpumps would. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, well, I don't even know if I'll be in town. So I have a thing coming up where I'm like, oh, that might make it. So I will be celebrating 
my birthday in a field in Georgia. Oh, it'd uh, be worse. With nobody around uh, except for me and a camera. I have okay. a plan. It's great. It's called Joel McHale Alone in a Field in Georgia. Well, we'll, we'll tune in. Totally. We will watch that. Yeah. Great. We'll host, we'll host it. How about that? We'll <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't, I don't, I didn't invite you to do well, that. Nominal oh. fee, Joel. Nominal, <laughs> nominal, nominal fee. Alec Baldwin's in doing it. So <laughs> I feel like maybe no. It's a okay. no. Oh, okay. Uh, Fine. But, you know, We're maybe, ending this on a sad note. Maybe it's yeah. a where it's like when people get married, then they have a party later. Oh, got it. All right. All right. Yeah. Like well, Joel McHale, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you so much you. for being a bitch talk. I can now go cook a pork tenderloin. I knew it. I want to talk about barbecue <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> she knew it. Again, you guys are super cool. Oh, Except thanks. For, you know, your producer. <laughs> <laughs> talk about interrupting all the time. Yeah. I yeah. That's my quiet. job. All about the producer, isn't it? <laughs> Well, and next time you have to tell us how you maintain abs while at, while eating nine pieces of cake and all these yeah. restaurants you go to because I don't believe you eat. So uh, I, I I lose a lot of water weight and tears. <laughs> oh, that's it. How come we Wait. haven't lost weight hey, then? Hey, we cry a lot. Anyway. Oh, yeah, midlife crisis age, age, and then you'll see it. It, <laughs> it comes off like you're breastfeeding. You know, you cool. just, just, you lose the weight. It's cool. really crazy. That's the secret. Joel yeah. McHale, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank thanks you for so saying much. yes. Thanks. This has been Bitch Talk right That's here right. in kind of San Francisco. <laughs> California love. Let's just say California, California. love. Yeah. yeah. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show is edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.